recently I've noticed a trend, and well, I say it's a trend. I don't know that it's a trend, but it seems to be a trend, at least on my channels or in my networks. And that is that gimbals, smartphone gimbals, or even traditional gimbals for traditional cameras, I guess hybrid gimbals, I like to call them, they're not as popular or in demand. At least that's my perspective. I actually ran a poll on Twitter asking people if they are interested in new gimbals. It was pretty evenly split, but the no's won. I believe it was around 45% no, 35, 37% yes, and 20-ish percent, 19% rarely. So the rarely and the no's were the bulk, like 65, 70%. And on my YouTube channel, recently I've done two videos about new gimbals, the Moza Aircross S and then the recent Scort Mini from Fiutech that replaced the G6 Max. Now in the past, those type of videos would do gangbusters on my channel, but these have kind of fallen flat. They haven't done terrible, but they haven't done great either. And let me be clear, I'm not really lamenting my view count or anything like that. That's part of the way I judge a video, whether it's doing well, whether it's popular. That doesn't mean it's not a good video. It doesn't mean there's not good product in it. It just really shows me that viewer interest or viewer engagement is lower. And actually YouTube in the studio will tell us that your normal subscribers or watchers of your channel are showing less interest in a particular video. And that was the case with both these recent gimbal videos. And so it got me thinking, what is going on? Why are gimbals not as popular, at least with my audience or the people I interact with on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, et cetera. So that's what I wanna talk about today. Hey guys, Blake Calhoun and another episode of Almost Professional, the podcast about mobile filmmaking, DIY filmmaking, indie filmmaking, really all things filmmaking. And today we're talking about gimbals, which again, used to be a really popular topic, especially on my YouTube channel, but just in general. But before I get into that, I just wanna note, this is my 50th podcast episode, which is kind of a milestone, I gotta be honest. Now it's not hundreds or thousands like some of the guys out there, but I've kept up with it. I do them about once a month. I started this back in 2019, I think. And so I'm pretty proud of getting 50 podcasts out. Evidently, most podcasts start and they only produce one up to maybe three episodes and then they disappear. And so I've tried to stay consistent. So I wanted to say thank you for you guys that watch or listen to my podcast, whether that's on Spotify or YouTube or wherever, Apple Podcast. But I'm pretty proud of that and I'm going to continue doing it. And it's just a, a way for me to do more long form rants and interviews. I don't do as many interviews anymore. It's more commentary but this wouldn't really work in my main YouTube channel. And so I'm glad to have a podcast to be able to do that. And one other thing I wanna mention is that I released a new course. It's a smartphone filmmaking course geared towards making a DIY short film. I have a lot of courses I've done over the years and those are still available too, but this new one is specifically about how to make a narrative short film. I did a short film course a couple years ago about how to make a experimental short film. It was back when I did 20 short films in 20 days. Those weren't narratives. They were more of an exercise to get you motivated to actually get out and make a film. 
This is a course dedicated to narrative filmmaking and I use my recent short film pre-owned as a case study. And so I break down that film and show how I made it, talk about everything from the scripting to the production to post-production, and then how you can take what I did, that approach, and apply it to your project. So if you're interested, I'll put a link to it in the show notes of this episode, but definitely check that out and my other courses if you're looking to learn stuff about mobile filmmaking. That's one way you can help support my channel. All right, so back to gimbals. I'm really unclear why they aren't as popular. I think it has to do with the idea, and I had an episode recently about how YouTube has gotten boring and about how cameras are kind of boring. And I'm thinking gimbals are falling into that same category. And what I mean by that is everything's gotten so good that there aren't that many differences. And no matter which gimbal you get, no matter which camera you get, et cetera, and when I talked about YouTube, it was doing reviews because almost all product reviews are good these days. There's just not that much bad stuff out there. And if there is, most people just don't talk about it. Although, of course, negativity does sell on YouTube, but that's not really what I'm interested in doing. I'm interested in finding things that I like to use that I think you guys would like to use. And of course, these brands send us stuff all the time. They routinely request that we do videos. It's a good way for them to get free, in quotes, marketing, because we're never paid by anybody to do reviews, or I never am, that's for sure. But the point is that gimbals have gotten so good, and there's so many out there now that I think it's just watered down the market a little bit. That's a good problem to have, but having everything be so good and having everything be so accessible in a weird way makes it boring. And so I don't use gimbals a lot. I really don't. I can see why some people would, depending on what they're doing, but for the most part, especially when it comes to smartphone filmmaking, phones have gotten so good with their stabilization that you don't really need a gimbal. I mean, let me put a caveat there. You do for certain things, but just for quick B-roll, even walking and talking kind of stuff, again, B-roll, you don't really need a gimbal. If you're doing something, I said walking and talking, when you're doing a walking and talking piece like in a movie where you have two people walking along the sidewalk or whatever, I've shown many examples in my, my films, then you do need a gimbal. Or if you're doing a larger movie, you would do that on a Steadicam. But gimbals are a good replacement for that, sort of. They're not the same as a Steadicam. You get different movement and warbly feelings to it. And so it's not the exact same, but they are a good affordable way to get Steadicam-like shots for indie filmmakers, that's for sure. And so for me, that's the main time I use them. I almost rarely use them on my YouTube channel for B-roll. The only time I really use them is when I'm doing a demo shooting B-roll like I did in the last couple of videos. I went around and shot just some random neighborhood shots and stuff, which I do like doing those and they do come in handy, especially if you're doing a project that requires that kind of thing. But again, more times than not for what I do these days, I'm not using a gimbal or I rarely am using a gimbal. And so that may be the case for you as well. Gimbals have just sort of lost their, mm, not even sure what the right word is, their luster maybe. And I know that's not an uncommon thing to see on Twitter. I've seen polls over the years where people say, what is the one filmmaking accessory you bought that you spent a decent amount on that you almost never use? And usually gimbals are at the top of that list, that's for sure. And that's the same with me. Now, one thing I will say though, being opposite of what I just said. The nice thing about using gimbals in a smartphone is they are much easier 
to set up and use much quicker. Because when you shoot on a larger camera, in particular cinema cameras, rigging those up on a gimbal can be a real pain. Several years ago, I did a music video shot on a RED camera and I intercut it with an iPhone. And on the iPhone, I shot all gimbal shots. And so again, that's more narrative filmmaking or kind of experimental, but in the narrative realm. There I did use a gimbal, but I didn't want to fly a RED camera on a gimbal. And so using a smartphone gimbal was the way to go. And it was stylized and the footage actually matched surprisingly well. If you haven't seen that, I'll put a link to that in the show notes of this episode as well. But so in that regard, smartphone gimbals are great. And I do like them for that, especially. But then when you get the bigger gimbals going, to me, I use those fewer and far between. And they're also more expensive. That's one reason I do like hybrid gimbals. And I'm a little bit surprised these videos haven't done well as well on my YouTube channel because the hybrid gimbals like the Crane M3, that's my current favorite. It's like 350 bucks or so. So it's more than the $150, $100 DJI gimbal that's smartphone only. However, it'll do your smartphone and it will carry the load of a mirrorless camera, or even a small cinema camera. And so they're much more versatile. So you're spending a little bit extra money then the motors are more heavy duty and you can actually rig up a beast cage with you know heavy lenses, et cetera. So you can do heavy iPhone cinema setups and then lighter traditional camera setups. Now, I'm not telling you anything you don't know if you watch my channel. The overall question I'm trying to come up with, and let me know in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube or if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple, hit me up on Twitter. I'm just really curious why gimbals don't seem to be as popular. Again, at least in my circle, my network. I think from a YouTube perspective, one other thing that's going on, again, this is just purely a view count perspective, is back when gimbals first started coming into the mainstream or being more affordable, you know, three to four years ago, and they got better, that's the other point too, is there wasn't as many mobile filmmaking YouTube channels. And again, this is kind of a personal perspective more than a general perspective. Now there are a lot of channels out there. I think it was just me and one or two other channels. Now there are at least, I can think of four or five good mobile filmmaking channels that I watch too. It's more saturated. It's not oversaturated, I wouldn't say, but it's more saturated. Used to, it would be me and then the traditional filmmaking YouTube channels, the bigger channels, especially like Potato Jet, uh, Gene. I can't remember his last name right now. I like his channel a lot. He really focuses more on traditional filmmaking. But then he will do mobile filmmaking. He'll do iPhone segments or he'll cover a gimbal release, that kind of thing. So again, there are a lot more guys out there covering those topics. And so that spreads out the views. And again, I'm not really talking about the view counts from a monetary factor. I'm really looking at more from an interest or an engagement. And I've just seen a noticeable drop off. Now the YouTube algorithm could be playing into that. So it could be a little bit geared towards my channel more than a general rule. But then referring back to that poll I ran, 60 or so percent of you guys are saying that either are rarely interested or you're not interested in new gimbals. And that may mean that you already own one, because if you buy one like the Crane M3 I just mentioned, you don't really need to get a new gimbal for three to five years. They really last a long time, especially the recent versions. When it comes to smartphone only gimbals, those need to be updated a little bit more typically because of the payload capacity, although now they're all getting up to around 300 grams, which is good because the first generation of 
gimbals didn't hold nearly as much. Like they were around 200, 230 gram. Like the Smooth 4 was a popular one for a long time. Or even the Movi Cinema Robot. And by the way, I wish they would make a new version. That was such a cool gimbal. And they absolutely could do it. Still not understanding exactly why that gimbal went away. All I can assume is it didn't sell as well as they had hoped or it cost more to manufacture that and their profit margin wasn't as good. Or maybe they just didn't want to mess around with smaller smartphone stuff anymore. I really like that gimbal, but in the end, the motors were designed for smaller phones. Once we start getting these max phones, et cetera, adding lenses, even using their counterweight system, it just didn't work very well. And so I still keep my Mobi around and I use it whenever I have a kind of a bare bone setup because I really do like that gimbal a lot. That gimbal excited me because of the way it was so different. Most gimbals don't excite me. Most gimbals are pretty boring. Now, one trend I do like that I've seen recently, and I've seen it on uh, Hohem, and I've also seen it on, I'm trying to remember, it was a Fiutech gimbal. And that is the ability to have hardware AI that will do tracking. That way you could use any app or phone and it would track the person. And that's really cool. I like that a lot. So in other words, you could use Filmic Pro or Cinema P3 that doesn't have tracking built into the phone or the app, I mean, but then the gimbal will track you. And so that could be really valuable depending on what you're doing, especially YouTube solo content. That way you could be doing a demo or even shooting whatever character walk and talk. And then the gimbal will actually follow the subject around. That type of technology is somewhat exciting and more interesting than just a standard gimbal that will lift up your phone and let you shoot a vlog. And one other point, now that I just said vlog, that could be another thing because vlogging has kind of gone out of style, sort of. I mean, a lot of channels still will do vlogs. I do quasi-vlogs when I'm maybe reviewing a gimbal or something, showing a vacation. It's not really a vlog, but the guys like Casey Neistat course, he never really used gimbals, but a lot of the vlogging channels would do solo shooting and hold up a shot with a gimbal. I guess TikTok, though, a lot of people use gimbals there. And a lot of the gimbals are actually geared towards that. And maybe that's another point. I'm actually kind of thinking out loud as I'm going through this, riffing as I often do here. A lot of stuff may be geared more towards social media than filmmaking or YouTube, like what I do with my gimbals and my phone. The main way I use my phone and my professional work is as a B-roll camera, and it works great as a B-roll camera. Again, it's so easy to pop your phone on a gimbal and use it if you want to do that. I don't do it very often, but it is easy if you want to versus putting a traditional camera on there. And phones have gotten so good that they really are a great viable option, a great way to do that, to add production value, to easily add production value. And of course, everyone always has their phone with them. So I really haven't answered my question here, and maybe that's the answer to the question. There's not really one single answer. It's probably multifaceted. It's everything I just said. It's people get bored because the technology is so good. Good problem to have. Also, for me, when it comes to my YouTube channel, the market's getting more saturated. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's just spreading out the views. And that's not just my channel, by the way. That's even traditional filmmakers as well. It's one of those things when a product gets released and the embargo is lifted, Every channel has that product out there. And so the views, even on those bigger type product releases or bigger channels, the Peter McKinnons of the world, even those views are going down because the audience is so spread out. Everything's so fragmented anyway in the world we live in today. 
the YouTube world, the social media world. And then when you release a product and it spreads across the various channels on YouTube. And the funny thing is, even though I am in filmmaking YouTube and mobile video YouTube, in the YouTube universe, that is really a small niche. <laughs> Mr. Beast kind of videos are the big, obviously, aspects of YouTube. The filmmaking YouTube is pretty small in comparison. That's not a bad thing necessarily because being niche is really, again, what the world is all about today. But when it comes to releasing a product from a brand's perspective, that can maybe not be great. And then from a YouTube creator's perspective, maybe not as good either because, again, it's watered down a little bit. But then from a buyer's perspective, it just seems like to me anyway, that right now the interest and the engagement, at least when it comes to gimbals, is not near where it was just a couple years ago. And so ultimately, I think the brands need to innovate more. They need to do more of the AI hardware aspects like I was talking about. They need to really fix their apps. My God, their apps are so bad. They're really bad. And when it comes to mobile apps, really Filmic Pro, of course, it's subscription now. They are by far the leader when it comes to integrating gimbal features into their app. And they're still pretty basic, truth be told. I wish there would be more integration into the apps with more controls. So you add all that together and you've got a situation where people just aren't that interested and that even includes me. So, man, I don't want to end this podcast on a downbeat like that, but <laughs> it's really just true. We're really all spoiled today and that could be part of it as well. We have too many amazing tools at our disposal and so it's easy to take them for granted. Everything I'm talking about just a few years ago was not even possible. Now you can get an amazing gimbal for, you know, 100, 150 bucks and a really good one for like 300. So it's a good problem to have, but I am curious. I am curious what's going on. And so if you have an idea or you know, as I've said a couple of times, let me know in the comments on YouTube or hit me up on Twitter. And thanks again for listening to this podcast now for several years. If you're an old listener, I appreciate it. 50 episodes. Thank you very much. If you're a new listener, I appreciate that too. I try to do one a month, maybe more, depending on what's going on in the mobile filmmaking, DIY filmmaking world. Well, this has been another episode of Almost Professional. I'm your host, Blake Calhoun. Thank you again for listening, and I will look forward to talking to you in the next episode. <laughs>